to My Strength and My Shield, a podcast about spiritual and self-care. My name is Nisi, and this is episode 74, Before You Date. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. And if you're new here, welcome, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you're one of my oldies book goodies returning for another round of the podcast, welcome back. Before we get into the topic for today, I want to encourage you to head over to Instagram and follow this podcast on our Instagram page, My Strength and My Shield, all one word. And the reason why I want you guys to head over there is I've been having some really great, meaningful conversations with those of you who listen to the podcast and also those of you who follow on Instagram. And it's really been enriching because I've been putting up these polls and having these conversations about life and faith and dating and things like that. And the feedback that I get from you guys through Instagram actually gives me the inspiration for the next episodes that we'll be putting out. So I'm really going to be engaging with you guys even more on Instagram. So don't be surprised if, you know, every so often I send you a message and I might ask you, how can I pray for you? Or, you know, just see what you guys have going on in your page and then leave some words of encouragement or just be there to support you. I'm really looking to connect with all of you guys in this season. So please head over to Instagram, my strength and my shield, all one word. And on the Instagram page, I do a little bit of the IG lives. So I recently just posted an IG live following the episode that I put out where I interviewed my husband. I have lots of polls, lots of inspirational quotes, you know, all of that good stuff that really just helps us to feel connected as we pursue spiritual and self-care, pursuing our relationship with God, as well as our relationships with each other, with the significant other, and also with ourselves. In this season of reflection, I'm doing so much in trying to just prepare myself for whatever God has next. And I'm finding that in engaging with you guys and having conversation, I'm realizing that so many of us are in that exact same moment in life when we're just trying to figure things out, when we're praying to God and we're just looking for guidance. And every so often we might stumble, but at the end of the day, we're really just trying to find out more about who we are. And so if that is something that piques your interest, if you feel like that's the kind of community space that you'd like to engage in, head over to the Instagram page right now. So then let's get into the topic for today. So as you can see from the title of the podcast episode, Before You Date, I wanted to put out an episode talking about the mindset to get into prior to getting into the next relationship. On Instagram, I put out a poll asking people about whether or not they felt like they were in a healthy space to date. And what was actually refreshing is that the vast majority of people said no. Now, you might be wondering, why would that be refreshing? Why would most people saying that they're not ready to date be a good thing? And a reason why I find it to be refreshing is having that self-awareness that now is not the time is profound. I grew up when I was younger, especially when I was a teenager and when I was in college, there was this fever dash for people to try to pair up as quickly as possible. And in the desperation of just having a boyfriend or having a girlfriend, We overlooked red flags. We never assessed, do we even want to be in a relationship? Do we know what a healthy relationship looks like? And so to see that there are individuals who are making that self-assessment that now is not the time was beautiful to me. I don't know, maybe I'm weird. (laughs) Maybe that's not something positive to anybody else. But to me, especially because prior to meeting my husband, I took a year off of dating and Although I met him while I was in that year, I was very intentional about carving that space out and saying, 
Now is not the time. I have some healing to do. I have some soul searching to do. I have some time that I need to dedicate to God. And while I'm not going to say that taking a year off is going to guarantee you that you're going to find your husband or your wife or your next boo, what I will say is that having that time where I was spending time alone with myself and intentionally eliminating all kinds of distractions, I found out so many things about who I am as a person so that when that next person came into my life, I was prepared. I didn't have that feeling of desperation. I didn't have that feeling that being in a relationship was going to fix me or cure me. I could have this genuine connection with an individual, not really carrying in the baggage of past hurt or past relationships. And obviously, I wasn't perfect. You know, in the time that I was dating, there were still things that I had to work on, still things about me that I wanted to fix and improve upon. But I think the toxicity that I had carried over from maybe some of the traumas that I've dealt with or some of the past relationships or the past disappointments that I've had, and even just the clarity of being able to hear God's voice. Spending that alone time was so valuable to me. So maybe that's why I have that particular sensitivity to people being like, no, now is not the time. Because to me, that's a sign of maturity. A person who's immature feels like, I just need to have somebody, anybody, so that I won't be alone. But someone that can say, now is not the time, that's beautiful to me. So I just wanted to start off by saying that there is value in being single. Because being single allows you the space to know who you are, what you stand for, and what matters to you. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. And so while we know that while iron sharpens iron and being in a great relationship can help you grow and help you along your journey to discovering your purpose, we also should know then that a bad relationship can stunt your growth and distract you from your purpose. So looking at that Bible verse talking about how bad company ruins good morals, it's this understanding that you have to be so protective of who you allow into your space. Because an individual that does not have their own firm standing and is not a good person can come across you who's just trying to figure things out and maybe take advantage of your naivete or maybe take advantage of your vulnerability. So if you're not super aware of who bad company is, it can ruin your good morals. And that's not to say in a way that you're righteous or better than, that being a good, having good morals means that you're perfect. To me, good morals is that eye or that heart towards God. And this way that having bad company can take you away from that good heart space into a negative heart space. So again, like I asked in the poll and the majority of people felt like they were not in a space to date. And there's power in that self-awareness that you're not ready. So many mistakes are made by people desperate to not be single, desperate to not be alone. And to understand that now isn't the time or to make the time to make sure you're ready, it's huge. So I wanted to go into this episode giving you three big questions to ask yourself before you date. And some of them might not feel surprising, but I think at least one of them will give you some pause. So the first thing is, before you get into another relationship or even your first relationship, the first question you should be asking yourself is, how is your relationship with God? Have you ever been able to hear God's voice? This is an important question to ask because it is vital to understand or be able to feel that connection with God so that you can hear him clearly. 
But it's even more important when you're in a relationship. Because if you don't have that clear voice from God, you can start to worship the relationship. You can start to worship your partner. You can start to worship the image of being in a relationship where you start to think that it's more important to appear that you have it all together rather than being in an actual healthy relationship. So if you find yourself in your faith journey and you have yet to have that moment where you can feel clearly that God is speaking to you, that is something that should give you pause. Now, that's not to say, you know, you could hear from God when you're in your you're 10 years old or you can hear from God when you're 40. But I do think that before you even get into a relationship, it's time to audit yourself and ask yourself, how is your relationship with God? Jesus says in Matthew 10, verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. It's this understanding that we have to listen to God's voice and we have to have that stillness, that quiet moment where we can put aside all the distractions from the world and truly see, can we hear God speaking to us clearly? Does God know you? And are you trying to get to know God? Because once emotions get involved in a relationship, you may get confused and you may get confused about how you feel with what God's purpose is for you. So you might say, you know what, this guy makes me feel good. This makes me happy. And you might confuse that with your purpose because sometimes the purpose God has for you is uncomfortable. So we'll take the comfort of just being in a relationship as a sign that that's where God wants us to be. And it's like, no, sometimes if you find yourself in a position where what you want just so happens to align perfectly with what God wants for you, you might want to give yourself pause because God is constantly challenging us to not get too comfortable, to strive to be better. And so if you can't hear that voice of God pushing you to do better, pushing you to get closer to God, that can be a dangerous place to be in. And even an okay relationship can take you away, away from God. Even one where you know it's not abusive, it's not manipulative, he's not cheating on you. Even an okay, mediocre relationship can take you away from God. If you've ever had a moment in your life where you felt like you've, you know, if, sorry, if you've never had a moment in your life where you feel like you've heard from God or felt a conviction, it's a good idea not to date. And that might sound harsh, but I promise you, I have seen too many people corrupted by bad relationships, people making wrong career choices or debasing themselves and violating their morals just so that they can be in a relationship and not be alone. When you hear the voice of God and you feel like you can follow that voice, it helps you to make better decisions. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Now, when the Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful, that's not to say that as a human being, you are a deceitful person. But we can understand that sometimes the desires of our heart is not necessarily what's good for us. Our hearts are often turned to earthly needs, how our partner makes us feel, how they look, what they can do for us, how they provide validation. But rarely do people stop and think, does this person know God? Would this person pull me away from God? It's hard to know, you know, it's hard for you to know if this person is pulling you from God if you haven't heard God before. So it's more than just, does this relationship follow the Bible? It has to go deeper than that. Because you can be in a relationship where you're not having sex and it's not abusive and you can be like, oh, this is fine. We're doing okay. And it's not challenging you. It's not pushing you. You're not growing spiritually because that relationship has you too comfortable. 
Now, let me be clear. One of the things that I do love about being married to my partner is that loving him is easy, right? Like life is hard, but my relationship is my safe place. That when I've had a hard day at work, I know I can go into my husband's arms. Or when I'm having a rough day, I know I can turn to him. But when I say comfort, I mean, it can be comforting to be with someone that you love, but not comfortable to the point where you've given up on trying new things. And there can be this way that you can get so comfy, cozy in a relationship that you don't push yourself anymore. So even a mediocre, okay, run-of-the-mill relationship can pull you away from God because if God wants excellence for you and you're settling for okay, then you're not fulfilling the purpose that God has for you. So that's the first question, right? How is your relationship with God? And the second question you should ask yourself before you date, do I have a healthy understanding of what relationships are? or what they should be? Do I have a healthy understanding of what relationships are or what they should be? Examine where you got your ideas about relationships from. Did it come from TV or movies or social media or even your family or your friends? Some of us have this idea about relationships from when we were kids that we've never revisited, right? Like maybe we have this fairy tale idea that a relationship is going to fix us and cure us and all these lonely moments that we have would just be fixed if we just had somebody by our side. And maybe that's the idea that we had about relationships from when we were a kid, but we never got a mature understanding of relationships. We never pushed ourselves to say, is there something better than that? 2 Timothy 2 verse 22 says, so Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. The reason why I pulled out this Bible verse is I think that some of us can have a very immature baby kind of view of relationships. I'm going to get this guy and I'm get this girl and it's going to be perfect and it's all going to fall into place. It's an immature decision to just settle for that kind of relationship. So we often have to flee from those useful passions so we can develop a deeper, more meaningful, mature understanding of what relationships are supposed to be. And take it from me, you don't necessarily need to have seen good relationships to know that you want one for yourself. And that's the space where I was in. My parents got a divorce when I was nine months old. I have not seen them in a loving relationship (laughs) that's just not what I saw. They're friends. I see my dad all the time and I love him and I love them better as friends than as married people. You ever see two people and you're like, yep, I, I completely understand why you guys are no longer together. That was my parents. But I also had to grapple with the fact that I didn't grow up raised in a household where there was that stability, that, that knowledge that this is a marriage that will last forever. My first introduction to marriage was broken. And so to have my husband, whose parents have been married for 33 years, it's just a different reality. Now, the blessing of God is that prior to meeting my husband, God was already working on my heart to tell me what a real relationship looks like, what a meaningful relationship looks like, what a relationship that pushes you towards God looks like. And I would say if you're a person who doesn't know what that looks like, if you find yourself either getting in and out of bad relationships and it becomes a cycle or you've never been in a relationship and you've always wanted to be in one, but you don't know why. Now is the time to examine that. Now is the time to take a step back and say, do I even know what a healthy relationship looks like? So for me, healthy relationships have honesty, connection, passion, boundaries, communication, vulnerability, and safety. 
those should be the minimum requirements, right? So we're not talking about I'm attracted to this person and we have good chemistry and all of that. To me, that's a reason to date or even enter into a relationship. But before you get there, you have to know, do you guys have the same value about what makes a healthy relationship? Do you think that you're strong enough that if someone has a different version of what a healthy relationship looks like, that you can walk away? Do you feel like you're so desperate to be in a relationship that if you saw that someone didn't value honesty or passion or boundaries or communication or safety, do you feel like because you're so insecure or you're so lonely that even if a person falls short, you might still stay in that relationship? That is a sign to not date right now. You have to build that that fortitude of character that you know what God wants for you and you will not settle for less. So at the first sign, you don't have to be a person that gives someone first, second, third, fifth, fifteenth chances. Once or twice, you have to be able to see the signs and you have to be strong enough to walk away if you don't feel like you're in that space. If you don't think that you can adhere to the principles of a healthy relationship, that is a sign not to date. So I'm not saying that your partner has to be perfect, but there should be a shared understanding that these things are important and you both should be making an effort to make these things a priority in relationships. And so if you don't feel like you have that internal thermometer for whether or not this is a good or a bad relationship, and if you don't think that you can, you know, maybe you see certain movies and you're like, it's a movie that's about a toxic relationship and you're like, man, I really relate that's not a good thing, (laughs) you know? Like, for example, with my husband, we watched Malcolm and Marie, uh, that movie on Netflix, which is basically two hours of two couples, a couple, two people arguing. And I remember when we were watching it, because so many people said, you need to watch it because it's going to stir up these conversations. And for us, we were like, what are the conversations you guys are having? This is just a toxic mess. And we saw different people that's like, I relate to Malcolm and I relate to Marie. And all I could think was, yeah, that's not a good thing, bro. (laughs) This is terribly toxic. And so if you find yourself watching these movies or these shows and they're toxic, but they're exciting, right? That might be a sign to revisit what you think a healthy relationship looks like. So the first question you should ask yourself is, how is your relationship with God? The second one is, do I have a healthy understanding of what relationships are or should be? And the last question, and this one might be, this might hit you. Have you worked on the parts of you that you've been hiding? Have you worked on the parts of you that you've been hiding? And I'm not talking about the stuff that you want to work on that everybody can see. I'm talking about the stuff that you can't see. Shame and guilt destroys relationships. They destroy your friendships, your romantic relationships, and your relationship with God. When you feel guilty, it's about feeling that you've done something wrong, but shame is the feeling that you as a person are inherently wrong. With shame, you block out vulnerability and intimacy. Shame blocks out growth. So when you think about things that you're ashamed of, that you're too ashamed to even talk to God about it, that should be a red flag that you're not ready. Because that vulnerability and honesty, confessing that you're struggling, is the way that you invite God into your heart. And if you're in a relationship and you can't admit, this is something I need to work on, then you're blocking the intimacy. So I'll give you another example. I have talked about on this podcast that one of the vices that I have is my struggle my struggle with food. Sorry for that sound in the, back, in the background. That is definitely my work phone. Um, but... For me, I've always been honest about the fact that I sometimes struggle with my eating, right? 
So when you're a single person and you're stressed out and you have yourself a pint of ice cream, that's one thing versus when you're married and you show that you have this habit that instead of dealing with your feelings, you eat your feelings. Now, the blessing is that in my marriage, we're extremely honest with each other. So when I noticed that that pattern had not gone away just because I got married, I was honest with my partner and I was like, hey, just so you know, sometimes I struggle with this. So we've had conversations about, all right, let's not buy a whole bunch of sweets and keep it in the house because I can't control myself. Or we've had conversations about checking in with each other or making sure that we work out together. Right now, we have this thing where once a week when we go on a date night, we will go for a planned dinner and then a planned dessert. So that way, I'm not eating sweets throughout the week. It's just the one time that we're celebrating together and we're not. I'm not eating out of um, frustration or sadness or anger or loneliness. It really is just a celebration of time with my husband, right? So that's one example that I want to use because imagine the flip side, right? That I was so ashamed of my eating that I'm starting to hide stuff. And I'm telling my husband that I'm not eating this thing, but it comes up on the shopping bill and, and he sees the empty containers. And now there's lying. Now there's deceit. Now there's deception. Now this thing that I've been trying to deal with on my own that I'm afraid to bring to light is now causing a rift between us because something so small can build up mistrust. If you're lying about this, what else are you lying about? If I can't trust when you say I'm going to the grocery store just to pick up stuff for dinner and I see that you're also picking up food from Wendy's and McDonald's, how are we dealing with that as a couple if there's certain things that we can't be honest with each other about? I'm using this as an example because this can be applicable to romantic relationships and also your relationship with God. What are the parts of you that you have been hiding? What are the parts of you that you are ashamed of? When you feel ashamed of the things, you know, when you feel ashamed of things, you end up lying to cover them up. And that builds up walls to protect your shame over protecting honesty in your relationships. There are things you may be hiding that no one else sees but God. Work on them. Now is the time to work on them. Shame can be about past choices in relationships. You can have shame about porn or sexual desires. Shame about past mistakes. Shame about who you are. What are the parts of you that you are hiding? Why are you so afraid to be honest that you're struggling with these things? These are things that must be worked through before you can enter into a relationship. Now, that doesn't mean that when you're in a relationship, there might not be new things that you become ashamed of. But once you get into the habit of naming the thing that you're struggling with, giving it up to God, being open and honest about your struggles, what happens is you get into this habit of being honest, of not being ashamed of who you are, because everybody struggles. Everybody has something that is embarrassing to them. Everybody has something that they're working on. Even the most perfect person has something that they're hiding from everybody. When you name it, when you claim it, when you say, I am struggling with this, I am not my shame, then you can work into a relationship, walk into a relationship with a clear heart. The Bible says in Isaiah 61, verse 7, instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess, possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. Instead of shame, there shall be a double portion. This Bible verse talks about letting go of shame and replacing it with everlasting joy. So examine for yourself, what is something that you're struggling with that nobody knows that you're struggling with that is literally robbing you of your joy? What about that imposter syndrome that has you feeling like you don't deserve things and you're ashamed of those moments when you do get something and you don't even know how to handle it? 
What about that shame that you have with your excessive spending where you can't even budget money because you're constantly buying things to fill a void? What is going on that you're hiding and what is stopping you from going deeper so that when you do get into a relationship, you are so unashamed? One of the mistakes you can make when you get into a relationship is feeling like you have to pretend to be the person that you want to be with you is, good, is gonna be attracted to. So you might think you're not good enough. So you put on airs, you pretend, you pretend to be this perfect vision of a woman or a man and you try to put on this facade that only lasts for so long. So why not now get into the habit of giving the things that you're ashamed of up to God? Talk about that shame. Talk about the, the ways that you're ashamed of the porn that you look at. Talk about the unhealthy ways that you have a relationship with food. Talk about your, un, your excessive spending habits. Talk about your procrastination and your laziness, that everyone thinks you're a hard worker, but in the, at the end of the day, it takes you forever to just get started. And if people knew just how disorganized you were, they would be surprised by how you can function. Shame is that internal feeling, that voice that tells you that you're unacceptable and that you are not deserving. That if someone knew that part of you, they would see that you're not worthy. That if the thing you've been hiding was discovered, they would see how dirty you are and that would stop you from deserving love. And I want you to listen to this very clearly. We can turn shame into an idol where we sacrifice healthy relationships to preserve hiding our shame. We can turn shame into an idol, sacrificing healthy relationships to preserve hiding our shame. So giving that example that I had about the food stuff that I have, imagine sacrificing having honesty and vulnerability with my husband so that I could hold on to hiding my bad habit. I, I've turned that shame into an idol because I'm willing to sacrifice something that God wants for me so that I can hold on to my shame. We eliminate shame by not protecting it, by shining a light on it, confessing to God instead of making it this unspeakable thing, talking about it in therapy or with people that you trust, journaling and expressing how you feel while committing to not letting that thing define you or make you feel like you're unworthy. Confront the shame. Confront it. Speak to God about your shame. What are you hiding? What are the thoughts that cross your mind that you're like, man, if anybody knew what was really going on in here, they would think I'm crazy. God knows your heart. God knows what you're struggling with. So what are you holding on to this for? Most certainly before you get into a relationship, you have to be boldly and unashamed of who you are. That means accepting all of the stuff that you have to work on, the bad stuff too. If we walk into relationships feeling that we need to be perfect in order to be loved, we will always fall short. Relationships thrive in vulnerability and honesty. Vulnerability breeds intimacy. We can walk around thinking that intimacy is just sex and pleasure, but true intimacy is when I can be raw and naked like Adam and Eve in the garden and feel like there's no shame here. There's no judgment. I'm not judging me. God isn't judging me and my partner isn't judging me. I promise you that feeling of being liberated from shame, it is priceless. Just like in Isaiah 61 verse 7, they shall have everlasting joy. Not being ashamed of myself, not being ashamed of my struggles, not feeling like I have to be perfect. It is liberating. 
And so when I can walk into a relationship with a clean heart, I have nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, there's some things Nisi needs to work on. There's some things that she needs to work out. She's not perfect, but God doesn't require me to be perfect. He just requires me to be honest and to try my best. Every lie about who I am creates shame and every shame builds a wall and every wall stops intimacy and developing relationships. You deserve a relationship that is deep and rich and meaningful, powerful, honest, vulnerable. I'm telling you some of the best moments that I have in my relationship is when I can just breathe, the space to breathe, the space to know that this is a safe place. I cherish that. And I know that my husband feels the same way. And if you are a person that's constantly hiding, you can't be surprised if the people you attract are hiding things too. Because when you start to cherish being honest and open and understanding that that's something valuable to you, you can feel it from the person you're dating too. When you have a value of honesty and the person you're dating is hiding, you know that that's not a space you can be in. But when you value it and your partner values it, and you could talk about everything, you know, my husband and I will talk about, <laughs> I don't know, everything from, you know, we actually like, so this is the last thing before I move on to closing out the episode. My husband for my birthday, he bought us these cards and we actually opened it for the first time uh, on our anniversary trip. And we asked each other these questions. And some of the questions were things like, you know, what's your most embarrassing moment and what's, you know, the hardest thing that you've never shared. And because we have no shame, there's a lot of things that, you know, we've already talked about, you know, there's, there's not really this, um, desire. There's not this desire to hide things from each other. So we actually have to fight to find things to, that we consider to be embarrassing that we haven't shared with each other before, because both of us are, very open about the things that we struggle with, even our most embarrassing moments. But then we still found things that were embarrassing and we shared them with each other and we laughed and we just enjoyed this moment of being honest with each other. There's, I don't know, there's just this way, especially the Bible calls it everlasting joy. When you don't feel shame and you have that safe space. And I just want you to cherish that, to cherish that vulnerability while you're single. Cherish that vulnerability while you're single so you can make it a priority when you're dating. You know, and I just that's what I just want to end on. I just wanted to end on that because I think a lot of times when we talk about the glow up and how people want to get themselves together before they get into a relationship, a lot of it can end up being superficial. A lot of it is, oh, I need to just get in shape or I need to look a certain kind of way or I need to have my stuff together. I have to have the right job. I have to have. And those things are great. Being stable is a wonderful thing. Mentally stable, emotionally stable, financially stable. All of those things are great because if you have that as a priority, that's one less strain on your actual relationship. But I want you to know that God has put it on our, my heart that he wants us to go deeper more than just appearing like we're ready to be in a relationship and actually asking the hard questions of, are we actually ready? Because God forbid you meet the right person and you're not ready. God forbid you get in the way of your own blessing. I thank God that at the moment when I met my husband, I was so deep in finding my relationship with God and myself that when he came along, it fit with the plans that God had for me. He didn't disrupt. He didn't discourage. 
He didn't come in and mess up all the progress that God had for me. He fit the ways that God was pushing me to be better. I pray that you find yourself in these moments, not necessarily constantly feeling like you need to fix yourself because that can be obsessive too. Constantly feeling like I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I need to keep working. It's good to work on ourselves, but we have to do it in a healthy way, in a way that still gives glory to God, in a way that's really about finding out who we are authentically and not necessarily about whether or not we can perform the, well, the, the role of a good girlfriend or a good boyfriend. God wants us to go deeper. So I pray with these three questions. How is my relationship with God? Do I even know what a healthy relationship looks like? And what are the things that I'm hiding? And can I work on those things? I pray that you examine those three questions before you date. So thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. And as you know, in these episodes, the first episodes that I put out are a topic and then I'll be asking you guys for questions. So head over to our Instagram, my strength and my shield, all one word. It's a great community of people just trying to engage and working on our spiritual and self-care. You can also send me an email at my um, strength and shield podcast, all one word at gmail.com. All of this information will be in the show notes for more ways to stay connected. But I'm so excited to just continue. I'm, I'm sure this is going to be a multi-part series because there's before you start dating. Then there's the how do I actually get ready to date? Then how do I know that I'm in a healthy relationship? How do I know that this person is worth my time? How can I correct a relationship going in the wrong direction? How do I know I'm ready for marriage? Like there are so many different conversations we can have. And I promise you, uh, the value of this podcast is I'm not always going to talk about relationship things. I, If you've seen, you know, at this point we have 74 episodes, so you can see that we're in all kinds of different directions. But I just want to just continue to help you with that conversation, not necessarily in a way that's like I have all the answers, but almost as if I'm your big sister and I've fallen short too and stumbled and gotten it right and gotten it wrong and then gotten it very wrong and now have gotten it very right. I'm here for you. So until the next episode, take care of yourself, beloved. Mm-hmm.